Hi, my name is Ashley Mills. I'm the CEO of the Vision Council, representing the entire optical and eye care industry. I'm here today to talk to you about an enormous accomplishment that we have um, been, been a proud part of that has just happened um, at the United Nations earlier this summer, and that is um, a resolution has finally been passed, the first one in history called Vision for Everyone, and it recognizes that the world's people should have access to vision care as a main way of catalyzing achievement of Agenda 2030 and the Sustainable Development Goals. I'd like to talk to you today about how we started as a Friends of Vision group and what, um, what the process was to achieving um, passage of this re resolution and to help me tell the story of um, how we got here, what we did along the way and what it means, um, and it means a lot. Um, I have um, invited my friend, um, Katie Overbay. She is the president and executive director of OneSight, a foundation that you will hear about shortly. And she was also a critical player and partner within the Friends of Vision. And so over our few years working together, um, we learned quite a bit along the way and I'd love to have KT share her story and how how this work impacts um, her work at, at OneSight. So KT, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us about OneSight? Sure, thanks so much, Ashley. I'm really happy to be here with you today and talking about this fantastic milestone. Uh, as you said, my name is Katie Overby, and I'm the president and executive director of OneSite. We are an independent nonprofit that is focused on building a world where access to vision care is no longer a barrier to human potential. And so our work really focuses on the 1.1 billion people around the world who need glasses but have no access to get them. And at um, OneSite, we do that in two ways. So we've been focusing on building permanent and self-sustaining vision centers in countries where there previously was no access. And so we partner often with the government to set up vision centers, make sure we've got the training in place, and then the sale of those glasses ends up um, supporting the ongoing operations. But we also provide charitable care where we know that there's an urgent need in a population or a community that needs care now. Um, and in those cases, we'll go for anywhere from a week to uh, a day um, and really serve those who need access to an eye exam and glasses. Um, we provide all the volunteers and the materials to provide that for free. That's incredible. And I'll recall a few years ago, we did a screening event at the United mm -hmm. Nations in the lobby to raise awareness among the different uh, delegations about um, undiagnosed vision problems and how how much of a difference it can make. And I know that you supplied talent mm -hmm. and equipment to make that happen, which was tremendous. So thank you. It was yeah, great. It was my pleasure. Yeah, that was great. So. How did you come to be a part of the Friends of Vision group? Well, I mean, as you know, Ashley, I mean, the vision care gap that we're all trying to address is, it's just too large for any one organization to do it on their own. And so I'm a really big believer in coming together with others to partner, um, to really, you know, sort of make our individual efforts that much bigger. And I think, you know, the Friends of Vision is such an excellent example of that. 
um, you know, to really move forward and, and maximize the impact that all of us can make with our efforts, we knew we needed global policy change at the highest level. But again, we needed to come together as a sector to be able to do that and to partner with the leaders at the United Nations. And so, you know, being a part of the, the UN Friends of Vision group has been just a fantastic experience to work with our counterparts, including you at the Vision Council, for all of us to really say, how do we make this change happen? And then work with the fantastic ambassador leaders of the Friends of Vision who are actually in the UN to really bring that together, bring the right messages to their colleagues and make it happen. It was incredible to watch. And I recall um, in the earlier years, our meetings where we, the Friends of Vision would host meetings for the other member states to come and hear what we were all about. And it was chaired by Ambassador Webson from Antigua and Barbuda, who did a spectacular job, of course. Um, and over the course of a couple years and a couple Friends of meetings, the group got larger and larger and larger. And Ambassador Webson was able to build really a strong, a strong bench of support among many, many nations. Um, around the issue of vision as a catalyst for achieving the SDGs. Um, and so it, it was it was really interesting to watch it grow and become more and more sophisticated and to see just really the, the early signs of, of really widespread global support for what we were trying to do. Um, and so that was a really big part of the process was just continuing to, glow, to grow um, our outreach and our supporters and our partnership through the Friends of meetings, and then also a series of high-level political forums that we held in New York back when you could have in-person meetings in New York. Um, but we were able actually to, um, under the under the leadership of the International Agency for the Prevention of Blindness, we were able to hold um, a, some really significant virtual high-level political forums mm -hmm. as well. Um, which were incredibly, incredibly well received. Um, so what I'm really interested, now that we have the luxury of looking back on this incredible achievement, um, which is still so hard to believe um, that it's real, but it is. Um, I wondered what was, like, what was the, the turning point for you and one site? Like, what was the moment that you learned the most or that you feel like what was the where was the game changer along the way in this process so i think there were a couple of really key lessons throughout mm -hmm. this and and the first you've kind of already highlighted a great example of it is is sort of the passion you know when you have a small group that starts out mm -hmm. you know certainly we were so fortunate to have the leadership of ambassador webson and then as we welcomed ambassador fatima from bangladesh and and the ambassador from ireland as well as our small group of organizations that worked in the secretariat you know seeing that grow and slowly bringing others into it was it was really very heartening, mm -hmm. um, but I think that's actually, you have to have that. You have to have that core group that, that's pushing forward on it. I think the other key piece that was extremely important in helping people really understand the impact of vision on the SDGs was bringing some of the data to bear, right? So mm -hmm. when I think about this, I think all of us have been talking about the fact that you know, if you look at all 17 of the goals, none of them directly re reference vision. And yet many of them 
can't be achieved without vision. And, you know, when I look at this and I, and I think, you know, you can't have quality education if a large portion of your students can't see. And we know that students learn twice as well with classes. Mm -hmm. You can't have quality work and economic growth when you've got workers who can no longer see to do their job well or safely. And we know that workers are 35% more productive with clear vision. Um, and I, I remember bringing in the number that was published in a major study last year that, you know, the global productivity loss due to vision was $411 billion. So this is a very real driver of our ability to achieve some of the SDGs. And, you know, you can't have gender equity when 55% of the people with vision loss are women and children. And we know that they're significantly less likely to get care in many countries than their male counterparts. So I really think that bringing in some of those data and having that passionate group help spread that knowledge has helped elevate you know, people's understanding of not just the scope of the vision issue, but the impact it can have across so many other vectors. I agree, and it, it's, it's so exciting to have that recognition. And it reminds me of what I think was one of the key strategic moments um, among the Friends of Vision and, mm -hmm. and really our work to, to get this resolution passed. And it was to characterize vision as a solution right. to problems, which it is, um, to so many problems, but we, we characterized it as a way to end poverty. Mm -hmm. And that was really powerful. And it was a deliberate decision not to limit vision's impact to just health care. While vision, it, vision health is health and vision care is health care, um, by, by making the connection between vision and access to vision care and the eradication of poverty, we changed we really changed everything. And um, I thought that was a really critical moment for us when we were deciding how to best frame our issue. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Yeah, and I mean, obviously we take great pride also in saying that we can also eradicate illiteracy and fix equity. I mean, there, there are so many things that vision can do, but it, 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 it was critical for us to show that we had, again, like we had a solution to mm -hmm. so many things and vision loss and vision care is, it's solvable. There's, there's this can happen. We can get, we exactly. can get people vision care. So it's, it's doable. I think, I think that's really powerful as well. That is such an important point. You know, I, I tell people there are so many important global public health issues mm -hmm. that you know get a lot of focus and should. But this is one that is so eminently solvable, right? Glasses mm -hmm. have been around for hundreds of years and we know it makes the difference. Yep, absolutely. So, um, so I know for us at the Vision Council, this has been an incredible it's really been a lightning rod for us when we're talking even in Washington, D.C. and on Capitol Hill. It's very helpful to be able to remind lawmakers that all of the world's countries, including the United States, recognize that vision care is a priority for all people um, and a solution. So it's been incredibly um, it's been it's, it's been it's ha I get a lot of traction when we talk about yeah. this 
in Washington. Um, I'm really curious to hear how um, the passage of this resolution impacts one site's work. Well, so I think similarly to what you just described, you know, the fact that this was passed unanimously mm -hmm. is a powerful yeah. note when we're having conversations with government partners, mm -hmm. you know, because by definition, their government signed on for this. And, you know, one of the things that I think is very important about this is, you know, this resolution is a critical milestone for the vision care sector. But until we put it into practice, it's just a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for us, we've taken this really as a rallying cry that, you know, ensuring that everyone has access to vision care, you know, that that is our our mission. And right. so, you know, we're really looking at it um, as a means to help us, you know, we're, we're actively looking right now to expand um, our programs into new countries where we can help create that permanent and sustainable access to vision care. And so, as you said, as we're having discussions with government partners, you know, this is a very important, um, you know, policy to be able to reference and, and for us to be able to all agree that it has been determined that this is important. And so, um, you know, we're really trying to leverage that in that way so that we can try to expand that impact and make that access. Um, and hopefully we'll see, we'll see many more people, um, you know, with access to care in the very near future. Yes, hopefully. I know you will. I know <laughs> we will. We have momentum behind us now. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. Wow. Um, is there anything else we didn't talk about in terms of the Friends of Vision and our, our, um, our, our key milestones? No, you know, the, the, the only other thing I would mention is, um, you know, as you said, it's been a, a very small but mighty group. <laughs> and I think we've been able to accomplish so much. Um, I do think that as we go forward, there's opportunities for us to continue to bring in members of, of additional sectors mm -hmm. to really be involved with this, move it forward, partner more closely because, you know, there's still more to be done. Um, and as I said earlier, you know, I really, I believe that no one group can do it by themselves, but I'm a very big believer that one plus one equals 3000. And so, <laughs> you know, I hope we can bring more people into this conversation and, and really partner with us to continue to push this forward. I, I think that's really well said. And it's one of the many things I appreciate about the IdeaGen network and platform. We're all working on our respective agendas to solve different problems. And I hope that today we've gotten it across that vision might be able to help you if your issue is education. Vision can play a key role if your issue is um, em employment and decent work, vision can help. So just keep vision in mind um, as you're trying to solve the world's problems and we would love to work with all of you. Absolutely. So thank you, KT. It's always lovely to see you, hopefully in person soon at the hopefully. UK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be a part of the, of the chat. All right. Thank you.